So today we are releasing a special episode because of a time-sensitive coupon code that we want to get out for our listeners. So this episode is with Brennan Burkhart, who is a rancher and co-owner of HTTL Farms, which is a small family farm located in central Nevada. Brennan and I just had an amazing conversation, and this episode will release in full in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. For today, I just want to release a little part that we talked about at the very end, where Brennan, as a, as a, a participant, as an observer answers a few questions about animal husbandry and consuming plants for health and also ethics and and planetary health or things that we talked about so i want to get this out there pretty quick so we'll release that part of the episode after this but we also have brennan on with us today so brennan welcome thank you Thank, Good to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that conversation. I think our guests, when this episode comes out, are, are just going to absolutely love our full conversation. But you did mention as we finish that you have a coupon code that's a little bit more time sensitive, and we would love to get that out to our listeners. Yeah, great. So uh, what we've got is um, we call them the family family pack uh, quarters. Um, and so you have a few roasts and a large quantity of ground beef um, for the versatility. Um, and so... Uh, we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes, it sounds like. Um, but the code uh, is to get an additional $40 off of this order. Um, and the code is boundless40. Um, and so you can use that code, um, you know, to get that. And uh, I, sh I should say, too, that this, this is only valid for people in Nevada and Utah. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Thank you so very much for the code. I find that your ground beef is already fairly affordable. Um, so thank you for the additional discount. That's really amazing. Yeah, well, we hope it can help people out and, um, you know, get people to, to try it and like it because I feel like if, if they get to try it, I think they'll like it. Yeah, so. well, that was certainly my experience consuming your ground beef that's fully grass-raised, grass-fed, grass-finished, really amazing that the cows never even leave the property. And again, our listeners will be able to learn lots more about this in the coming weeks and the full episode comes out. But again, as of now, we really appreciate that coupon code. And as far as I understand it, the, the, the only way that they can get access to this is through the link that we have in the show notes? Correct. That's correct. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will link that. We'll be sure to get that out there and hopefully our listeners will take advantage of that because again, your, your prices are always really great anyway. Um, but thank you so much for that. And thank you for providing our introduction for this short episode. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. It's an honor. And without further ado, here is part of that episode with Brendan Burkhart. Okay. I, again, I know you're not a nutrition expert, but you got a front row seat. You told me that you guys consume massive amounts of beef and pork. You eat lots of eggs, um, mostly animal products with high fat, high cholesterol. You're raising your kids this way. They're drinking cream, essentially. What do you observe in your family as far as health goes? Are you worried that your little kids are going to start blowing up with heart disease all of a sudden? Or like, what are you observing in, in yourself and those around you? Sure. Yeah. And, and there's probably two components to that. You know, uh, they say there's uh, nutrition and then your lifestyle, you know, and I think you could probably eat all the right foods, but if you just sit at home all day, you probably still won't be that healthy and maybe vice versa. Yeah. Good uh, point. And so, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not completely true, but uh, what I've noticed is that my kids are active. You know, we, we open the door in the morning and we turn them out for lack of a better word. And they, they run all day they make me tired just looking at them. 
you know, and so they're, they're active, they're doing stuff, they're using their mind, they're using their, their heart, you know, they come in out of breath, they, you know, they're very active. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about their health. Uh, I, I feel like they're very healthy kids. They rarely get sick. Um, and if we have the occasional cold, you know, they, they have a stuffy nose for a week or so. And, you know, I, I don't, I can't remember the last time any of them have gotten sick, you know, with the flu or where they're bedridden or they can't get out of bed or anything like that. I, you know, I, I don't worry about that at all for them. I, I feel like they're active. They, you know, they eat food. They're, they're good. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. I'm going to share with you my observation of your kids. I got to meet them as well as they were all in town. I actually got to meet them twice because the next day when we went to pick up the beef, um, yeah, they were around. So it was cool. I got to observe them two different days, two different times a day. I rode my bike from my house up to your mom's house. They were all at the park and they were playing and they, they were very active, but uh, how do I describe it? They weren't like chaotic. They were just like energetic and they saw me. And I saw these kids, I didn't know who they were. And I saw these kids playing on the swing set and I waved to them and they waved back and like, they were observant. They acknowledged me. They were very polite. Um, it, it came to be that I went into the house and all the kiddos came in as well. And they were calm. They were just calm. I don't know how else to say it. They, they were extremely observant. One of them asked for milk. And I think, you know, grandma poured them all like half and half cream which I was like, that's awesome. That's amazing. And they, they didn't like, they talked and they had conversations, but their temperament was, yeah, like, like energetic, but, but very calm. And I, I, I just, I don't see a lot of that around me. Like even for a, a kid to wave back at me, I don't see a lot of these days. A lot of kids will like not look at you or turn away, or they'll be like either hyperactive or throwing a tantrum. And that was just something that I didn't observe whatsoever. I'm sure they blow up on certain moments, but that was, that for me was really interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that observation. And, and I, I don't know if this makes any difference, but you know, we don't, we don't do video games or iPads or anything like that. They, they don't have, you know, any, any of that kind of screen time. We watch movies at night. Um, but that's really the only time they're, they're looking at a screen. And so I, I feel like that's the way that me and you probably grew up, you know, in, in that generation, we didn't have iPads and, you know, all that stuff. And I, I feel like that helps you develop your mind and, you know, helps you be a, a well-rounded person. Yeah. The yeah. pictures, I told you the pictures are just amazing. And, and, and I commented this to you a few weeks ago. It's, it, there's a longing. You, you see that and you're just like, I, ah, man, I, like, I kind of want that life that looks so cool. And like <laughs> the kids are playing around in the water troughs as the cows are drinking. And there's a calf <laughs> in your bathroom in the winter time that needed to be taken care of. And like, they're, they're with the, the animals and they're with the grasses and they, they just, they seem, uh, yeah, they seem like they had so much innate, like wisdom that they were tapping into. Um, that again, I don't, I don't see a lot of, I thought it was super cool. I thought it was very, very cool observation. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I want to conclude this conversation by asking you three different questions in, in three different ways. And, and I, I, I do this again, just based on observation. You have a front row seat to all of this stuff. And, and I don't, I don't think you need to be an expert per se in any of these fields. And in fact, I think you have an advantage again, being front row for these things. You, you don't have anything to gain or lose by talking about some of these things. So the first question is in your opinion, 
kind of like we talked about, as far as health goes, eating animal products, what would you want the average person to know about consuming what most people would consider massive amounts of beef and eggs and cream and all the stuff that people have been told not to eat for 70 years? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like animals were created for a purpose and part of that purpose is to give us nutrition um, and, you know, and to, to give us nourishment. Um, and so I, I, I guess I feel like if, if we're not doing that, then, then we're wasting a resource that's been given to us uh, specifically for our benefit. Yeah, I appreciate that answer. Thank you. Let's talk ethics now. What would you want the average person to know about the ethical consideration of consuming animals? People that say, like, I choose not to eat any animals or animal products because I can't stand the thought of an animal losing their life. Sure. Yeah, and maybe it's the same uh, the same kind of answer to that, but um, I don't know. Uh, if you... I guess maybe to, to ask a question, you know, what, what is more uh, inhumane or what is more uh, terrible to, for something to waste away and, and die normally, or, you know, for it to be, uh, or for it to be harvested and used uh, in a way that's uh, beneficial to everyone. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I guess I don't know what, what people think, you know, but are you just going to turn a cow out and, you know, out in the desert and let them live a life and, you know, and never, never use them for anything. Um, you know, that, that doesn't seem very, uh, what's the word? That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like a good thing to me. And I, I don't think a cow would have a good life that way either. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, that's, that's what they're made for. That's one of the things they're made for. That's, I don't think that's all they're made for, but yeah. I think that's one of the things they're made for and, and they're really good at, at giving us nutrition and giving us what we need. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. That's a really good answer. I, I, cows to me appear very social. And I think about that one cow isolated in the middle of nowhere. Like what, what chance does that cow have to survive? He's sitting prey. He's going to have a death. And I would argue that death would be far worse than something that's really instantaneous Having a little bit of a background in, you know, um, I guess like monocropping, something that we mentioned in the introduction, can you comment on the, the, the true story of how destructive and how much death is involved in monocropping? Yeah. And, you know, there's, it's hard to, to have a blanket statement. You know, there's, there's different people that, that really try to be conscientious and, and then there's people that, that don't, and then there's, you know, everyone in between. Um, but the potential, um, that monocropping has, you know, for, for death and for, you know, uh, that kind of negativity, I think is pretty high. Um, you know, I guess, I don't know, for example, if you have, one one field a crop field you're trying to grow a certain crop anything that's not that crop the alternative is to kill it you know so if it's you know they call it a weed you know but maybe it's beneficial you know so like for example let's say we're, we're trying to grow a field of alfalfa and you have some orchard grass that comes up in that field if you don't if, if you are only focusing on the alfalfa 
then you've got to kill that orchard grass. And what that does uh, is it interrupts the soil cycle. You know, when you when you kill something that way and put a synthetic pesticide on there, it can interrupt the microbiology in the soil, and so it kills some of those microbes. And um, and then, you know, let's let's say that 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 uh, orchard grass goes away, then something's got to come in to fill the space that that orchard grass was in, and it'd be another weed. They would call it a weed, um, and then that's something that they don't want, so they got to kill that too. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's a perpetual cycle that, that just keeps going on and on. Yeah, no, that's really well explained. And I also think about, you know, harvesting the crops. There's an enormous amount of death done to animals during that process. I've heard that it can be rather traumatic to drive some of those combines, especially as you're harvesting through the final acres where all of these animals are condensing. And it can be a really difficult experience to see a lot of death of the animals and the critters that you mentioned that are kind of running around in the grasses all the time. Um, and I, I just, I, I think about, I think about those scenarios and I go back to thinking that you, you can either choose the monocropping and destroying different plants and probably lots of chemicals and dealing with, um, you know, annual plants that aren't developing deep roots that's depleting the soil versus a system like you have, which is you, you have cows that live cow heaven lives. <laughs> they have one bad day, one bad moment, and that's it. And two animals that have been alive and around and had a great life are now providing you and your entire family food for a year. Like, and, and so I balance those things and it's not to say that none of us, none of us has, doesn't have any blood on our hands. We all do. And, and I think that's the important thing to think about is all of us are part of this. We, if, if something is going to live, we're going to have to die and we have to grapple with the ethics of that. Sure. No, I, I agree. And I, like I mentioned previously, I, I feel good about what we're doing because we have a hand in everything from before birth until after they're harvested and, and processed. And, and so I feel comfortable, you know, with everything we do. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel any guilt, any shame, any of that. I, I, I feel like everything we're doing is good um, and it's responsible. And, and I feel like we're, we're being sensitive, uh, you know, to that animal you know, and to the different, uh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I love that answer. And I'm glad that you take such pride in what you guys are doing, which is such great work. The third and final question that I'll ask you about that is you, you must like live in the epicenter of the destruction of the planet. You've got 150 cows around you all the time. <laughs> So the, the argument is that cows are producing methane from farts and that is destroying the planet. And again, how that works in the atmosphere, I don't exactly know, but surely you being in this area for so long with all these cows destroying the planet, you must get some sense of what is happening ecologically, what is happening to the health of the planet. So my third and final question for you is as an, as an observant, what would you want the average person to know about raising cattle and planetary health? Yeah. So I, in all the years I've been around cows, I could probably count on two hands, the number of times I've heard flatulation. Um, and so I don't know. Take that for what that's worth, but I don't, and I'm, I'm around cows all the time here. So right. I don't know if that means, I don't know if that means that they just don't do it in our environment or maybe there's something else, but 
Um, but I, I don't hear that very often at all. Um, so this, so that, I'd say that would be one thing. Uh, the second thing, when I, every time we go to town, you know, we, or to a big place, you know, like Salt Lake or, um, you know, any other big population, uh, it, it definitely feels different to me, um, you know, to see all that asphalt and concrete and, and I'm, I'm really happy to get back, uh, to our home, you know, with, with grass and, and sunshine and, you know, clean air. And so, uh, I, I feel like it's, it's a clean, a clean way to live. And I, I feel like we're, we're benefiting, uh, the, the, the planet and, you know, population is necessary, you know, having, having cities. And I think that's, that's probably a necessary thing. Um, but I feel like with what we're doing, um, I think we're adding to the health of the ecosystem, adding, adding to the health of the soil, uh, and to the, to the planet. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, some, some other, some other ventures may not, uh, be doing that same thing. Mm. Wow. Well, I really appreciate those thoughtful answers. And that that's certainly been my observation and talking to a lot of people that are in this world um, has been eye opening. And it's it's a, such a different narrative than what you hear, like on the news and certain, you know, social media and, you know, the plant based movement that's really being pushed right now. It's just not something I've personally observed. The headlines look really scary. But when you go out and talk to these people, it's it's very, very different. So thank you so very much for listening to this shorter bonus episode of Boundless Body Radio with Brennan Burkhart of HTTL Farms. He was an amazing guest, and we just got done with an amazing conversation. That conversation will be released in the next few weeks, but for now, we wanted to get out a portion of that conversation also with that discount code if you live in either Utah or Nevada. It's the link that you have to use that's in our show notes to be able to take you to a special page where you can then apply the discount code to get a nice discount on their beef. I was blown away by the quality of their meat. It is absolutely super tasty. It is very nutritious. I absolutely love it. It cooks up great. So if you're in the area and you want to take advantage of that, I promise you, you will not be disappointed in the quality of this meat. And like we said, be on the lookout for the full interview to be released soon. And thank you so much as always for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio.